Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it's With a cold, I apologize. <laughs> oh no, it's time for your on weekly the med, on update the med, but... on the royal news you need to know. Rachel, I'm not feeling my best either because I got the second booster and the flu oh. shot and I'm just like double whammy but oh. you did it oh I just I, check that box I like had a fever I had all the symptoms it was really awful no, so really bad but I'm what are sorry. we getting into today we're gonna power through this morning Oh my goodness. There's so, so much, Roberta. Um, it's an exciting week, but uh, we, I, I mean, I'm a little taken aback because like maybe six minutes before we logged into the Zoom, uh, I saw, caught a glimpse of Megan in Variety. That story finally broke and I believe there's updates, but I have not read it. So it's going to be live reactions for me because you have. I can't wait to tell uh, you all about it. <laughs> It's amazing. I'm psyched. Um, we also have kind of a royal smorgasbord. I'm calling it of news. We're talking about you know, the crown. We've got some more insight on what's good, what to expect from season five. We have a new episode of Archetypes. We have allegations against Lord Mountbatten, Carol Middleton in New Jersey, Fergie what? frolicking with corgis. There's a lot coming up. But first, we always leave time for our royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Except this week, I feel like with both of us kind of not feeling our best. We should probably stick to coffee and water. I was going to say that I have cocktail bar plans tonight, though, even though okay. I, I promise I'm on the tail end of this. So I think that's <laughs> going to just kick me into the fit to the finish line. But I was there's so many amazing cocktail bars in Brooklyn and I was supposed to be working on our rundown. And instead, I was looking at cocktail bar menus last night. Where are you going tonight? I think we're going to a bar called Barely Disfigured. But I was looking at the cocktails. There's like a presidential affair. There's Dirty Old Man, George Washington's Night Out. These are just some of the names of the cocktails. That sounds Gin, so fun. Cumin, all the good stuff. Oh, that sounds great. I know. I hope I feel – I think, you know, because when you get the vaccine, I actually didn't realize it's like 24-hour delay and the flu shot too. Like, And and so I I didn't realize that I felt so bad until last night. I got this shot no, on Monday. So, so I think hopefully by the weekend I'll be back on the drinking horse. Cocktail bar the, circuit. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. What about our listener DM? Wait, I was going to say something. I was just going to tell you that I watched Vengeance, but that's <laughs> Wait, what's Vengeance? Oh, oh, oh my God. It was, wasn't it so good? I loved it. And I went to text you like 10 times during the movie, but I try to respect like the Saturday night. I'm like, I don't need to bother you on a Saturday night, but what? I Rachel, really, really loved it. I will be mad if you ever think that way again, <laughs> because you definitely should be texting me all the we. I text you I'm all just the time. I was like, I text <laughs> I don't you so much. And I'm like, let me give Roberta some space. But I literally, I just like needed to share that as like a non-royal interlude that you gave that fantastic recommendation. Like you I loved really it, right? It. Like you're like, I loved it. Okay. It's so good. It's so, so it. good. I also, I feel like you have to, and I know I've said this in previous episodes and told you on the side too, that you have to watch Bad Sisters on Apple TV. Oh, I'm the, watching it. You are. The finale just oh, yeah. dropped. I love so, it. So what episode are you on? Oh, I'm on episode three. Okay. So I'm behind. Okay. It's but I, so good. Do you, I heard the do finale like was fantastic. Do you like it? I love it. I think I that mean, it's incredible. I love it so much. I'm totally steering us off course. Let's get to this <laughs> listener DM. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was it was breaking news. I had to the share. The TV watching updates from us are always good too. 
Yes. All right. Well, we got this amazing listener DM from Lenny. She talks about something very topical, the Selena and Haley photo that dropped this weekend. And she writes, what a way to take back the narrative and shut down the media rumor frenzy. Looking at this makes me instantly think of Megan and Kate. Women are so often pitted against each other and oftentimes for over-exaggerated or even fabricated reasons fueled by tabloid culture. I know the relationships among the royals are complicated. However, I wish they would take a united stand against the media who is controlling the narrative. What are your thoughts on whether we could see a picture like this from Meg and Kate? She adds, love the podcast. It's a bright spot in my week. I just thought this was really interesting. I mean, of course, that's the dream to have them just shut it down. We got kind of a, that was an attempt at that, I feel like, with the funeral when we saw the Fab Four reunite, mm. but it wasn't at all the reunion that the Selena Haley moment is. Yeah, the the arms around each other, them knowing the context behind all of this. There's been so many headlines, I feel like. I don't really care that much about Selena and Haley, I feel like, but it's... No, it, I don't when think I, saw I do it, I was either. like, this is like a powerful picture, and I get that. Well, I Googled it. I was like, I want to know the backstory. I feel like everyone was like, this broke the internet, but um, I totally was not as up to speed on it. Yeah. Although my husband was like, oh, I've been following it for years. <laughs> it's like um, it's like Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis. Oh uh, that to me, it's I'm like- way more in the weeds on that. I can't not. It's like all over my feet. Like I can't avoid it. You know what I mean? Like it's the just salad dressing, salad dressing. What this the? week. <laughs> I was like, I actually want to try that salad well, dressing. The recipe. thing with this that I was going to answer to answer Lenny's question, I think for me, a bigger mic drop moment is something that a lot of our listeners have reached out to us about is like, what if- we had the last episode of Archetypes with Kate Middleton as the guest. Like, I think that would be the equivalent for me. I don't think it would happen, but it would be incredible. Yeah, or I think, too, like, there's these rumors that, you know, obviously both couples will be on the East Coast. I guess not obviously. They'll both be on the East Coast in December because of Earthshot coming to Boston and then Harry and Meghan hopefully going in person to New York to accept that award that they're being honored with for Mm -hmm. the Robert F. Kennedy um, Award. So I think that that's something where it's like, will there be a reunion with them? Will we get pictures? I just doubt we'll ever see a picture like this. Of will them. we be waiting outside the Earthshot gates and Megan and Harry will stroll shut down. Up? It really would <laughs> just bring two kind of polarizing fan bases together in a way that I think we try to all the time on this podcast. Like I think that we, yeah. you know, love both these women, and I think it would be so powerful. But I don't know. Maybe yeah, I should remain optimistic. The narrative back. Yeah. I, I I love that idea. Great. Thank you for the DM. By the way, I love these DMs. This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. This is a really heavy, sad one, so bear with me. But October 21st, 1966, we saw it on the crown. We saw it recreated. I mean, I sobbed tears. It was the Aberfan mining disaster 56 years ago. And this moment was said to be the biggest regret of the Queen's reign and one of her most emotional visits. Here's a newscast 50 years later from Aberfan. In 1966, the coal industry was still booming in South Wales. The local colliery had been dumping waste onto Menydd Merthyr above the village of Aberfan for some time. But days of heavy rain in mid-October turned that waste into slurry. And on the morning of the 21st, the subsidence caused that slurry to come crashing down like an avalanche into the village. When the coal tip at Aberfan near Methotidville slid forward, engulfing an infant school and a row of houses. Bearing the brunt of the damage was Pantglass Junior School. Sitting next to the window as a child when disaster struck was David Davis. My body was brought out 
and initially placed with the with those that had died and been covered in, in a blanket until someone said that they thought they saw my, my foot move. So I was, I was re-examined and evidently a, a sign of life still there. 116 children died, along with 28 adults. Had the slurry hit hours later, the school would have been empty. It was the last day of term. And then we also have, I, I mean, like all the clips, I watched so many videos on YouTube. It's so emotional. And I felt like this was a really important moment, too. This is a policewoman who was on the scene, Yvonne Price, talking about her um, impression of the people there that were helping to uncover the bodies of all these children. When we were passing the dead children through, uh, one man just looked down and just turned and looked at me and he said, that was my child. It was one of the worst things, and he just carried on working. I mean, I cannot. There are no fathom. words. I think that, you know, we've heard Martin Charteris, the Queen's private secretary, say that this was one of the biggest regrets of her life. Um, the reason being, and this is a an excerpt from our book, Royal Trivia. So if you haven't, we have a quick um, write up on this Aberfan mining accident. But the reason that it was such a big regret was she didn't visit until eight days after the tragedy occurred. She went on October 29th. On the contrary, Prince Philip went almost immediately on October 22nd and Lord Snowden, Princess Margaret's husband, who visited just after he heard the news. Many pressured Elizabeth to make the trip straight away. She continually declined, according to royal advisors. When she finally did make the trip, the people of Aberfan said the sight of her was a great comfort. Others remembered seeing the usually stoic queen cry. To this day, her decision to delay her visit is often reported as one of her greatest regrets. She's gone back to Aberfan several times. That's from Royal Trivia, which Rachel and I wrote. And I feel like, you know, this was top of mind because of the crown replaying this incident. Um, we always hear about, Rachel, the people around her making these big decisions for her. And I thought this was really interesting in reading more about this, um, about Aberfan. The BBC said that Lord Charteris felt he had given her poor advice. He said, Quote, we told her to stay away from Aberfan until the preliminary shock had worn off, adding it was the biggest regret of her reign. But for those left mourning in the village, there was nothing but love and respect for the queen who they felt helped them during their darkest hour. I always think about that, the how many decisions mm -hmm. are made by those around her. You know, it doesn't seem like it actually was her choice to not go right away. And so I think that that is interesting because it speaks to this being such a big operation and her you know, the advice she gets from people and how that so greatly affects. Like sculpts every choice. History, yeah, basically. I think, I think also it's like, it's just so easy sometimes in hindsight, you know, when you're in the moment and you happen to be the queen of England, like, is there a conversation about taking the spotlight away? I know Prince Philip went and Lord Snowden, but it's just, you don't want to detract from the efforts to rescue people. But yeah, a really, really, um, sad, sad moment that I, I think I didn't really know the depth of until the crown covered it. Right. And just, I mean, just all children that I think, I mean, not all children, there were 28 adults, but 116 children. It's just unfathomable. I wanted 
to mention, though, this week is also the one-year anniversary of Earthshot, the first ever Earthshot, which was October 17th of last year. And we haven't seen the Cambridge the, the Waleses this week. I'm still not used <laughs> to it. it. Yeah, We're still getting used to I that. I can't get used to it. Um, the kids return to school on October 31st from their half-term break. So we will see them probably back maybe in a week or so. Which leads us, it's a perfect segue because we totally have a grab bag of royal news. I feel like Roberta and I were trying to put this episode together and it's really a lot of like left and right turns and we're all over the thing and then we wake up and something derails it all like the variety cover. The variety cover. Well, let's start with that because it is... I haven't read it. I feel so unprepared, Roberta, but I'm so glad. Well, let me send you the pictures first. So here, you can look at the pictures. I saw the pictures. Did you see all of them? No, send it to me. I want to relook. Okay. You have to relook. Tell me your favorite. Oh my gosh, they're so glowy. I so did not see all they're of They're very these. soft too. I feel like there's a lot of like the lighting, the way they have the scarf. Yeah, it's very it. artistic. Yeah. Ooh, I love the black and white dress. Isn't that fun? That's beautiful. This is my live reaction. Okay, sorry. The pink and white, <laughs> I would buy that. I would absolutely buy that. Stunning. I mean, I don't even know the I, fashion IDs yet. I feel like this is like so new for us, but I am going to go through uh, some of our. F- the pink and white is the dress of my dreams. I just want to go on record and say that. That's and the my green. Gut immediate I feel reaction. Like there's a silky green dress that doesn't get like a really big moment, but that just looks stunning. The emerald green. Okay. First, Take me through it. Yeah. First, we have to talk about the similarities and differences to the cut because actually the cover of Variety is so, so similar to New York Magazine's cover. And in that, it's a headshot. It's the neck up. She's wearing black. She has jewelry on. In the cut, it was those green earrings. For this, it's the gold necklace. But there's such a difference in the way she looks. I mean, for the cut, she was so serious and it had that slightly open mouth. This is smiling. She's happy. And that has to do, obviously, with variety. And I think their coverage leans more checkout at the grocery store versus the cut is very um, – a little more elevated. But I do I do like that there's – And the cut is New York specific too, right? That exactly. wasn't distributed nationally. Like I think that was a big challenge. I just want to interrupt to say if anyone sees this on the newsstands and – wants to snag a copy for Roberta and I, like, please do, because these newsstands are so few and far between in New York City nowadays that I can never track these copies down. And it's not for lack of trying. So I would love a copy of this. I like too that this, it's like, it was supposed to be released back to back and we would have had this big contrast, but we wouldn't have got Megan's reaction to the Queen's funeral. So they wove that in. They wove that in. The talk of- Follow-up interviews. Docu-series. Yeah. So it's like, it would have been, we would have compared them like this right away. But because but of give the me the delay. highs and lows because I feel like I'm so not sure. So what happens? They talk about the docu series. They talk about the docu series. Hold on, I have to. I have to go through it. I've highlighted everything. <laughs> Old school, but um, let's see. So it's interesting because I think that they actually are kind of coming out saying like the way this quote. I'll just read it to you. The profiler Matt Donnelly asks, what can we expect from Liz Garbus's docuseries on you and your husband? And Megan replies, it's nice to be able to trust someone with our story, a seasoned director whose work I've long admired, even if it means it may not be the way we would have told it. But that's not why we're telling it. We're trusting our story to someone else, and that means it will go through their lens. I feel like they, they're kind of getting ahead of it and saying, this isn't the way we would have told the story. Like, are they – already a little nervous about the backlash to it. I'm interested to see 
Yeah. How that plays out. There's also, I liked this moment where she talks about the queen. She says, certainly in terms of female leadership, she's the most shining example of what that looks like. I feel deep gratitude to have been able to spend time with her and get to know her. It's been a complicated time, but my husband, ever the optimist, said, now she's reunited with her husband. She also said, I continue to be proud. To that's have- all of us, right? That's our optimistic. I know. I felt too, like that's we what we her. said too. She yeah. said, I continue to be proud to have had a nice warmth with the matriarch of the family. So it's all, you know, kind words about the royal family. I feel like in contrast to the cut where there was like a little, a little bit of veiled threats, it seemed like. And she talks about the cut profile, Rachel. She says, Wait, really? Yes. She goes, the New York story was intended to support archetypes and focus on our projects. I've had some time to reflect on it. Part of me is just really trusting, really open. That's how I move in the world. I have to remember that I don't ever want to become so jaded that that piece of me goes away. So despite any of those things onward, I can survive it. Fascinating. Wow. She really didn't like it. I don't know if that means she didn't like it, but I feel like she probably wasn't expecting some of the areas of backlash, you know, where she was very open it was very scripted at times. And I think that was the feedback across the board. You know, obviously we love to see it, her and hear from her. But yeah. as we described, there were, did I just say this, but cringy elements. Yeah. And I think too, it's like, it, you're exactly right. And it it almost amplified the cringe a little too much. Whereas this, this story by Matt Donnelly, this interview really gets out ahead of that and labels her as a nerdy American mom. Like it it says that's what Megan is. That's what it says? Yes. It says, for most of her public life as the Duchess of Sussex, Megan has been described as many things, disingenuous, calculating, determined, relatable, even Diana-like. But spend a day with her and you'll witness a side that the public hasn't seen, the nerdy American mom. I kind of think that's what the cut was getting at, but it almost – Made, it wasn't as flattering in the no, way it was No, exactly. And so this is a little bit more relatable. Like she talks about drinking wine in bed, watching Jeopardy. She likes to play timed Scrabble. Yeah, I like Meghan Markle, the nerdy American mom. I'm here for that. Did you see <laughs> her great ID. talk about octonauts? <laughs> I mean, I'm not knowing her. I don't mean that's a great – I don't mean that's an accurate idea. I mean like that's – No, like it's someone that, that you want to be friends with. with I want to be friends with that person. Um Rachel, I know you're going to lose it when you hear that she talked about Octonauts and how Archie, that's his favorite no, show. She no. starts singing. I think I need permission to, a song to share Storybots. Next week, I, I need permission to go back and, oh, and yeah, share well, some additional reactions if I have them. But um, I love that. We are so immersed in Octonauts. Here's her talking about what she and Harry watch. My favorite rom-com of all time is When Harry Met Sally, but he put Julia Roberts in anything and I'm gonna be a fan of those too. Yeah, I think we all miss just a really good, a good laugh. I just want a good old fashioned rom-com. What are you and your husband watching together? So once we've gotten the kids to bed and I've played a little Wordle or done my 10 minutes of Duolingo, I really wanted to relearn French. I had studied it for the four years in high school and then it just went away. So after those two things, if we do turn on the TV, which is fairly rare, I think we're like most people where you just do endless, endless, endless searching until you get so tired of searching, you don't watch anything. No, but there are a couple, I mean, there's some incredible shows on at the moment. And I think really watching great storytelling, there's nothing like it. So I would say White Lotus was a pretty good example of that. White Lotus. Oh my gosh. When Harry met Sally, Duolingo French, like everything. It was. <laughs> so I am definitely 
on the same bandwagon with Duolingo French after going. I really want to refresh my memory. So I I am loving that similarity. Also going to see Julia Roberts in Ticket to Paradise next Friday at the theaters. George and Julia will always get me to the theater. I'm so excited to I see I love that. all these tidbits. I'm so excited. I do think that there's like a really big moments where questions were answered. Like she said, she's never going back to acting. She was asked if someone portrayed her in fiction, like what she would say to that person. And she said that they're allowed to call her and they, she hopes they embody like the silliness of her. Um, She also talks about the institution of the monarchy, which I thought was really interesting. She's at the question is going through the process you did with the monarchy and then becoming a private citizen again, are those institutions similar? And this is in reference to like Hollywood and the monarchy. They were talking about Hollywood and acting. And she says, she talks about how much has changed in Hollywood. And then she says, for me, it was always about being able to find your North Star within the model. Find someone who believes in you. As complex as any organization might be, there's always something in it that I think is positive. It's important to focus on that. Some industries are very different, and yet business models for a lot of things, they have a bottom line. The bottom line needs to be held, I suppose. It's a kind of a direct turnabout from the cut and this, like, I I never signed anything. I can say whatever I want. And now she's like, well, there's always something in it that's positive, but I guess they need to uphold their bottom line. Like almost coming to terms with what happened, I think, in a way that makes it more positive because I think a lot of the criticism was that she was really dragging in rehashing old issues in every interview and it felt like, okay, now – here we are again talking about what, you know, how everything went wrong and why well, they're no some of the feedback of the as family. well. Like there was that Washington Post article being like they need to leave that royal sphere behind in order to move forward. So, I, I mean, I haven't read it, so I cannot wait to read this. As I soon cannot as we wait. Wrap recording. They talked about producing a rom-com, her and Harry. Like that's what they want to do <laughs> as the next scripted thing. Rachel, this is like. Sign Rachel's me losing up. It. She right. knows. She's starting to know her. Like this is the audience. This is. I mean, I love nerdy audience. American mom. It's I know. Great. I know. Oh, I guess I should say. <laughs> feels like it's not even a quick line yeah um also there was archetypes there was archetypes with paris hilton which was an incredible incredible episode i highly recommend and uh this news that megan and herring built or helped contribute to build a playground for the children and families of uvalde texas and then megan appeared yesterday at a spotify community resource group talk for women at spotify is the group and was wearing a shirt that seemed to support the ongoing protests in Iran. Um, the shirt was in Farsi. It said women, life, freedom in Farsi. So just uh, like this week, it was a grab bag until this Variety interview. And now I feel like this is huge. Like there's so many big things about this. The royal Derailed reporters it. on Twitter are having a meltdown. That's for sure. Someone was like, oh, how could she mention wine and Jeopardy in the same breath as the queen? <laughs> oh, like, my gosh. Get oh, no, yourself. they're losing it. Um, all right. Well, total pivot. We're talking about The Crown. I know that it has not obviously dropped yet. November 9th coming so fast, but so slow at the same time. But we had this major 
update revelation that Netflix revealed. They released a statement that the Panorama interview will actually not be reenacted in season five. It will only be alluded to. And there will be someone playing Martin Bashir um, and shown lying to Earl Spencer and doctoring documents and pressuring Diana. But the actual interview, according to Netflix, will not be a part of the actual dramatization that we see. I'm pretty and this surprised also comes, by that. I just I was shocked. Like they would reenact that and and you can do it so well because you obviously have the entire interview at your disposal. So I'm, I'm Absolutely. And this was also on the heels of Williams. There was a leak to the papers that William was incredibly angry that this would be dramatized that sources said that a fictionalized version of the interview would be met in the way you would expect and that William's anger is that Netflix is profiting off of it. I wonder, I mean, just to have this statement come out a few days later, it's, it's fascinating to me that the crown would, I, I, it's hard not to read it as a direct answer to some of that coverage. I know. Just shut it down. It's not going to be a part of it. I'm really interested to see how they do it because I think if they are going to reenact parts of it or the events surrounding it, like I think Andrew Morton was just in the daily beast in an interview saying that a lot of the, documents that were doctored for the interview are are going to be in, in the crown like that is going to we're going to see the kind of behind the scenes manipulation of diana so it I'm sounds interested. like we just won't see the actual mm-hmm. interview as it aired on the bbc and could that be because of all the lawsuits i mean bbc did have to pay out substantial damages so yeah but we also had new posters there's a new trailer dropping the day that this episode airs i did kind of because there was this fantastic Entertainment Weekly profile. And it kind of led to some timeline confusion, just reading what the actors, all the actors, the key actors from the series are interviewed. Um, We know concretely from before, but also from this interview that they're not going to show the Diana death until season six. But this is what threw me off. I went to IMDb, Roberta, and the actor, Khalid Abdallah, who's playing Dodie Al-Fayed, is in five episodes of season five. So then I went on like more research, which mm-hmm. I didn't realize that Diana and Dodie first met in 1986. Dodie and Charles played against each other on a polo match. And I don't really know how integral the Fayeds, the Al-Fayeds were to Diana and Charles' lives in the 90s or early 90s. I just thought that was really interesting. That is so interesting because I think we're going to see the lead up to her her death in Paris, but not her actual death. Yeah, because this is also, Dominic West also says, I mean, he talks about one of his favorite scenes being playing Charles when Charles participated in, in a ceremony when Britain handed Hong Kong back to China. This ceremony took place on July 1st, 1997. So we're oh. getting very, very, very close to August 31st. But what I'm confused with, we've seen photos from them filming season six already, and Elizabeth Debicki is in every single one. So are those- Oh, yeah. So it's absolutely- No, it's yeah. concretely said her death is not until season six. Okay. So it's just- But it's we're getting very close to it right. in season five. Got it. And- I think that this was also interesting, too, was that Debicki talks about – this kind of made me optimistic. This is why I wanted to share this. She says, I'm so fortunate to have this huge time span of years in which to play the character Diana. It's my hope that people feel that there's an enormous evolution in her as the season progresses. For me, it's a journey into a human finding a part of themselves that is profoundly strong. There's a piece that has survived so much and can flourish. So this made me feel hopeful about season five because we know the 90s and this whole breakup was very, very dark and tumultuous. Mm -hmm. And it's not just Diana and Charles. You have Andrew and Fergie, all these things that are covered with the Annis Horribles. Mm-hmm. 
But I feel like it made me curious if season five is ultimately going to be very empowering for Diana. Mm, a celebration the character of, of Diana. Her. Yeah, I think it's so like her post-divorce is such a strong female figure that finally finds her true calling. And I think that that'll be interesting to see how they handle that. I mean, the John Major stuff too. We didn't even talk about that. That he came out and said like, he's super upset about it. And he is the only politician invited to Meghan and Harry's wedding. He's been Harry's advisor kind of for a long time. I mean, I think it gets really complex. We're getting into very current times where, you know, season six especially will show William and Kate. You know, it's, it's hard when this is a fictionalized account of things, things that happen behind closed door that no one really knows what happened. What is, like, does Netflix need to have a disclaimer in the same way that the Spencer had that at the beginning, didn't it say this is a fable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do you know? have and Netflix that. doesn't, they, do they, they have that? Yeah. Their tagline is um, a fictional, it's something like a fictional portrayal of historical events. But does that flash at the beginning of every Not episode? Not every episode. That's what the culture secretary asked for. And Netflix said no last year. So. I mean, I don't know what's required there. And I don't even really know my firm feelings on like it. I people but it know is. that though. Like, why do they have to tell us that? It's like, you have to be smart enough to know. I don't know. It's so complicated. Okay, the last, last, last thing I just wanted to mention because it's funny is and interesting is that Dominic West also said in Entertainment Weekly that Tampon Gate will be a prominent part in season five. So you talk about what is going to influence, like, you know, the coronation is coming and the, you know, influence on Charles. But Wes says this. He says, I remember thinking at the time it was something so sordid and deeply, deeply embarrassing. But looking back on it and having to play it, what you're conscious of is that the blame was not with these two people, two lovers who were having a private conversation. What's really clear now is how invasive and disgusting the press's attention Mm. to it was, that they printed it out verbatim, and then you could call a number and listen to the actual tape. This was in the 90s. Like, this is crazy. So anyways, it just made me, this Entertainment Weekly article, please go read. It I mean, is fantastic. To it me made that, me so psyched. That also says, like, Harry's lawsuit with Elton John and this phone hacking thing that is now brought up once again is still so, so relevant. relevant. I mean, it's just the timing. You're going to see that. You're going to see the press hacking their phones play out on camera. And this was you know, 40 years ago, this is still happening today. So it's just really wild. Um, yeah. Let's, should we quickly go yeah, through move these on. Lord Mountain? Yeah, Mountain I just wanted to, you know, like I said, this is a grab bag, but, and it really is more the fact that I think it just really speaks to how much whiplash I felt reading the Royal News this week because we had these allegations against Lord Mountbatten that surfaced that Dickie, who was, no, who was known as Dickie, Prince Philip's uncle, sexually abused a boy at a children's home in Belfast. And that boy, Arthur Smythe, came forward. And this is the first time because of this allegation that this case will be heard in court. He alleges that Lord Mountbatten abused him two times when he was 11 years old. And it took place at the Kinkora home, which was closed in 1980 after it was revealed that 39 boys were abused there. So it really kind of brings to light allegations that have been kind of talked about unofficially over the years. There was a 2019 story in the mirror that surfaced declassified FBI documents about Lord Mountbatten's lust for young boys. So I think overall, my reaction is obviously this is just so disturbing. And, you know, I'm curious what will actually come to light, if this will be buried, if this will go away, or if we'll hear a lot more about it. Yeah, I saw that it made the front page of a lot of the UK papers over the weekend. And I think one of the interesting things about this is that these allegations have been coming up for a long time, but that this is the first time that someone has 
chosen not to remain anonymous. So I think just it speaks to the bravery. I mean, incredible, incredible courage of this Arthur um, person. And I just texted you this. Look what I came across this weekend prominently displayed in my favorite oh, local royal antiques shop. It's not royals, but I. it's um, a life cover with Lord Louis Mountbatten right on the cover. It really speaks to how glorified he was in his wow. military roles. It's from 1941. I just thought that was interesting. It was before like I read Philip. about these allegations. Yeah. Looks so much like Prince Philip. Wow. Okay. Final palate cleanser. A quick palate <laughs> cleanser. Just that we saw these pictures with the Queen's Corgis and Fergie for her birthday over the weekend. And then you have this random like tidbit from a listener, right? That Fergie's going yeah, on tour. Yeah, from a listener. From Sharon. She's going on tour in Australia next year. I mean, you can buy tickets online if you're in Australia. It's kind of bizarro that she's going on tour and that the press has not touched this at all. Rachel couldn't even find the link. She had to type in the URL directly. I couldn't find it by Googling it, but I could, if I keyed in the actual URL, it was, you know, that's the only way I could find the details. So kind of fascinating. And she's just kind of going rogue with social media. We're seeing the corgis. We're seeing all this stuff. It was her birthday to be fair, but. I do think though it's like corgi has kind of been let off a leash a little bit with the queen not there anymore. And I think for Charles, I mean, he's going, I, I think he's going to have to rein her in at some point because it feels like she is just like everywhere right now with the new book. And it's just, it's just like a level of um, unrestraint that we haven't seen in a long time. Maybe that's good. I mean, good for Fergie, I guess. I don't know. I did like Eugenie's birthday post, that tribute to her. That is, was sweet. It's really lovely and charming. And I love just Fergie unfiltered. I mean, I guess I kind of like it, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. I just, it's her being her true self. <laughs> I'll just say it now. The books are not <laughs> <laughs> um, We did see Camilla in the Paddington Bears, too. And I feel like there's the similarities there with, like, the softening of an image. Like, we, yeah. Rachel and I talked about this on the side. And I just feel like to have these symbols of the queen, like her corgis and the Paddington Bear, that are associated with someone so beloved and a figure that – we've lost. I feel like it is almost co-opting that to repair someone else's image a little bit. And that feels a little weird to me, but yeah, we'll see if that continues. All right. Before we adjourn the Royal pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal highs and lows. My low is this first interview from Ghislaine Maxwell. She's in prison. She gave an interview for a documentary. The interview is published in The Sun on Sunday. But the quote about Prince Andrew, I mean, for someone who's trying to distance themselves from Ghislaine, she has pulled him right back. She said, quote, he is paying such a price for the association. I consider him a dear friend. I care about him. You do not Ghislaine. want someone sitting in prison. It's like <laughs> committed, getting yeah. a, that's uh, been you know, found guilty saying that you're such a dear friend. She also backtracked about this Virginia Jufri image where earlier it was like years ago, she said in an email that the image was definitely not a fake, that it was true. Now she's telling this interviewer that it could be photoshopped, that she thinks that um, it's doctored. There's like more than 50 problems wrong with it. She said the only reason she said it was true in an email is because she said it was definitely her house in the background. That's what she's saying now. So this is a backtrack. 
I just am like, you don't settle for 12 million pounds over a fake image, babe. Like, that's not the case. <laughs> like, I just don't know why this is good. Mm. It's not good for Andrew. It's really not good. So more bad PR. Yeah. That will probably get picked up so minimally. Right. <laughs> Milo is a total 180 from that. Um, my Karen Millen dress that is the Kate dupe, or not the dupe, the actual, is the MIA, yellow, right? Roberta. Is the it the yellow yell- one, the Ugh. marigold. It's missing in action. It's been in the same state of transit since October 11th. It was making progress getting to me. It's been two weeks. And I know it's coming internationally, but it's like frozen. Like no one has any info on it. So I'm two shakes away from reaching out to the company. But I'm like, get me that dress. I can't wait to try it. DHL, give us a call, please, please. I was going to do my high about... <laughs> King Charles appearing in this BBC show, The Repair Shop, which is kind of in my limited understanding because I haven't watched it. I think it's like the Great British Bake Off, but for antiques. And basically they take antiques, they repair them, they restore them for things that seemed like they were, you know, beyond repair. And so he he brought two heirlooms. Um, He is appearing in this episode that was filmed before the queen's death. And I thought that was really fun, but I think now my high should just be variety because the pictures I like, I, I, know, I saw this comment. Dress. I know. And I can't stop thinking about it. I can't it. stop thinking about it. Also, she mentions her favorite song by Beyonce and people are like, is Beyonce the last archetypes interview? Cause oh. that would be incredible. I mean, Kate or Beyonce, oh. either one. Gosh. Yeah. We didn't know Paris Hilton or did we get teased that? That was a surprise to me. I think that was a surprise. It's a great guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My high. I also was torn because James Bond got knighted by Princess Anne. That was incredible. <laughs> we have Same so many highs stature week. as um, the actual character. I just call him James Bond. I apologize. Daniel Craig. <laughs> it's the same person. He just got the same medal. So same person. But the other high for me, and it's a big one, is that Party Pieces is officially in the U.S. This is not a drill. It's at Shoprite, which is apparently you said in Dave's neighborhood in New Jersey, where his parents are. Which yeah, is so it's in Ocean Carol Middleton County, was which there, is where his parents shop. So I mean, it's all over New Jersey. It sounds like it's in... Um, yeah, it's in like 39 stores. Yeah. And, 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 and I think 39 ShopRite stores, it's beyond New Jersey too. I'm just blown away that she went. That she was and she there. looked fantastic. This might be my favorite Carol Middleton look to date. I, I loved know. that sort of, you know, tailored, checked jacket and pants and everything. But I cannot wait to be able to potentially drive and purchase this. This is phenomenal. It's so exciting. I'm going to have to go as soon as I go to South Jersey the next time. Amazing. Please stock up on my behalf. Oh, yeah, Rachel. I will Venmo you. Okay, I'll take pictures. Just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating of five stars if you love the podcast, pretty please. Please leave us a review. We love hearing what you guys think. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. You can shop our merch, sweatshirts, and totes still in stock. Shop.royallyobsessed.com. And till next week. God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.